Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Amit Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And it is that time of year again. The Game Awards are upon us. They actually air tomorrow, I believe. And I think last year we did an episode recording our sort of predictions and stuff for the Game Awards. And I thought it'd be fun to do something similar this year. We can maybe talk through the nominees and then also make predictions as to what will be shown there. Because historically we've had some pretty big reveals at the Game Awards. Like, I think the Xbox Series X was actually revealed at the Game Awards last year. Jonesy's getting added to Smash. Someone's going to get added to Smash. It's Jonesy from Fortnite. a positive. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even know who that is. It's, oh, uh, it's the blonde-haired, like generic guy that you. Oh, play. the dude. Yeah, that would. You know. Okay. All right. You joke, but I'm honestly, not joking. There's a ton of credible sources for that. Okay, Fortnite's obviously like one of the biggest games in the world, but having Jester Steve from Minecraft is just kind of. I don't know. That kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, it'll be awful, but I think it's going to happen. I, 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 I think it's more likely than any other character I can think of. That's, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. I'm still not at over, like, 25% likelihood, but I, I, I like his odds more than any other character that anybody's thrown around. Uh, yeah, I mean... the nominees... Considering how big Fortnite is, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I'll send you guys the list. I was actually list, and then eventually the last one we would discuss is potential game of the year. But I can send it to you guys as well. Okay. But like, yeah, the 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 categories at least on the bottom of the categories, I don't think we're too interested in. But if I'm wrong, please speak up about that. Best esports team. Do you guys follow any esports teams? No, I haven't in a while. Okay. Then after that, we have Best Esports. Again, that's not our wheelhouse. I know esports is huge, but we're not. We don't follow that too closely. Best Esports game. I think we could t- talk to this one. The nominees are Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Fortnite, League of Legends, and Valorant. I feel like Valorant has to win this, right? Uh, yeah, I gotta go Valorant. Because I mean, Fortnite I is personally not an haven't pl- played it. Well, I mean, it kind of is, though. It's... <laughs> It try it pretends to be, but it's not. Like no part of that game's design makes it an esport. Yeah, it's very. It has a very high skill ceiling. It does, but it has a very terrible format to put together a tournament. True, true. Yeah, I think historically League of Legends sort of takes these esports categories, but I could that's be wrong. Fair. I, I yeah. like Valorant's odds. Of course, that's Riot competing against themselves, so. That's true, yeah. Um, so Riot's going to get it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to give a shout-out to Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I think that's probably one of the best CODs ever made uh, from a multiplayer standpoint, especially because it introduced Warzone, and I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, but Warzone... All in all, I, I, I can't speak to, like, the best eSport game this year because I've barely played any quote-unquote eSports games and if I have played them, I haven't played them at a level where it would be considered an eSport, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, moving on from that, I guess. So we're going to throw Valorant out as our as our prediction, I think. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, best eSports event. 
which is kind of an interesting one the, considering this year, you know. Gotta be the main event the events. that was canceled. Uh, <laughs> I mean, all of these yeah. events, I think, were virtual. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't yeah. follow esports. Again, so not something we can speak to. Best esports coach, again, sorry. <laughs> Starting this podcast off in a good way. Uh, best esports athlete. Let's see if I know anyone here. Showmaker? Yeah, I, I know Showmaker from League. I've never heard of any of these guys. Yeah, I don't know. Best debut game. Okay, this is this is where the meat and potatoes begin, I think. Uh, Carrion, Mortal Shell, Raji, and Ancient Epic, which I've actually never heard of that. Uh, Roki, and Phasmophobia. Easily go, this easily, in my opinion, goes to Carrion. Uh, Phasmophobia yeah, is good, say, but it's, it's early access. It's, it's either going to be Phasmophobia or Carrion, right? It's got to be one of those two. Carrion, Carrion was like cool. But Carrion was a finished time, game, for one thing. At the same time, it was also super short. Yeah, well... so You got a lot more enjoyment out of Phasmo. I put, like, I, 100 hours I've in I played game. more Phasmo, but I liked Carrion way more. Carrion yeah, is so such a smart it, it, game. It's, it's the interesting duality of, like, Phasmophobia captured, like, the zeitgeist, but Car- Carrion's more of, like, a critical darling, I think. Yeah, so I think if it were critics voting, I think it would easily be Carrion. But so it is open, critics voting. It's critics voting. So okay, the way, it's not. Yeah, the way it works. So they have they're completely transparent. They have the panel of all the critics across the world whose vote gets tallied, right? So the way it works is, ninety percent of the vote weight goes to critics votes, and then ten percent to like fan vote. I think the critic vote goes to Carrion easily. Uh, ju- just I, because Phasmophobia yeah, is not finished, like. It's it's True, so clearly like, buggy early access, you know. You know, in the, in this day and age where early access is like the name of the game, I don't think having a finished game means as much anymore, unfortunately. So they might just go based off of fun factor. I don't know. I would I, I still think it goes to Carrion, but it's it'll be Carrion. closer if they don't dock Phasmophobia points for being early access. Yeah, but yeah. I don't Between, think early access games should be included in these things until they're any, released. Any comment on any of the other nominees? Have you guys played any of them? I've heard uh, of Mortal Shell. I've heard of Mortal Shell. Isn't that that, uh... Isn't it that Dark Souls-like? For lack of a better term, where so. when you die, you can come back, and then you're, like, shelled. And then if you die again, you lose that character. Or something like that. That sounds right, but I'm not 100% sure. Connor? Never heard. Well, I've heard the name and nothing else, so I got nothing. Okay. So moving on from that category, content creator of the year. Uh, I know, I think like one of, no, I've heard of a couple of these people. Like obviously Alana Pierce is pretty popular. I've heard so of yeah. Tim the Tapman. I've heard of Tim the Tatman because he never wins at Spelunky, I think. I think that's his shit. No, Tim that he's the just Tatman like really never won game. at uh, Fall Guys. He never won Fall Guys, right. It yeah. wasn't Spelunky, yeah. Uh, Alana Pierce I know a little better because she's appeared on some Game Grump stuff recently. Didn't she used to work for IGN, maybe? IGN. Yeah, she used to do IGN, house. then she moved she's on to Cyber Yeah, she, she's, she's done a lot of stuff. And now she's like a writer at Sony Santa Monica, which is really cool. Yeah, I really don't know who... Uh, I don't know that any of these people would have made my... Well, positive impact on the community. 
I couldn't say if that's who we're if that's what we're referring to. I don't know any of these people. Mm, I don't know. It's that. So so for the description for a streamer. Oh, yep. Yeah, you were reading this. Yeah, I was reading the description. Yeah. yeah. Funny how that works, Hamid. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing that at all. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I would guess Alana, maybe because I feel like she's really kind of blown up in popularity, but I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't watch any of these okay, next category. wonder if I'm watching a bunch of negative uh, negative streamers. Yeah. Uh, best multiplayer. This one's an in- interesting one. Okay, first thing I gotta say is the fact that Animal Crossing <laughs> I know, it shouldn't list is be an absolute here. sin. Like, the animal, I think Animal Crossing is only on this list because of how big of a deal Animal Crossing was this year, but like its multiplayer is straight trash. Yeah, it doesn't it, – even calling it multiplayer is not really fair because you can't play the game. Like if you're playing multiplayer, neither of you get to actually play Animal Crossing. Yeah, so I, the nominees are right? Animal Crossing New Horizons Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. I feel like it's between Among Us and Fall Guys. I feel like it's got to go Among Us because like Among Fall Us, Guys was really definitely. big for a bit, but Among Us has been big for longer than Fall Guys was, and I, I don't see Among Us going anywhere for a while. Like it's just good, clean fun. Like I go a couple weeks without playing it, and then my friends say like, "Hey, let's hop on," and we spend a whole evening playing it. Yeah, Among Us, I feel like you know, surprisingly, has more staying power, you know, than Fall Guys. Like Which it was hard to imagine. It's like a two-year-old back game. Then. We like did three straight episodes on Fall Guys. It really felt like Fall Guys was like here to stay. And don't get me wrong, people still play it a lot. It's just that Among Us really the same phenomenon happened again right after with Among Us, which is really quite remarkable. They just fumbled the support so bad on Fall Guys. Like the fact that you still can't see your names on PC really. I know that's such a stupid well, thing. I don't, I don't know about up. that. The, the seasons and the mid-season updates have all generally been pretty well received, right? Like they've added new mini games and new and tweaked existing mini games quite a bit. So yeah, there's a, but it. I can't see my name. Like get that <laughs> yeah. fixed. Like like I might as well be playing with a bunch of bots. You know, that's what it feels like on PC. I I don't. They're they're not people I'm playing with. You know, they're they're Fall Guy four digits. Like. Yeah, that, that really, kills I don't know. In my opinion. It's kind of an easy fix, but I don't... Obviously yeah, I from my software engineering and Unity developer position, I think it's insane that they haven't fixed it yet. And the only reason I can think that they haven't, and this is my conspiracy theory hat here, is that they don't want us to know how rampant cheating is and that they're not actually catching anyone. But that's, <laughs> you know, that's big conspiracy theory hat. Tinfoil. Yeah. But it's just so easy to scrub HTML. Like, everyone else can do it. I'm pretty sure Unity has it built in. Yeah. I, I just, I get so mad at Fall Guys, because it's such a good game, and I'd love to play it, but I get so angry every time I turn it on. So, I okay. So, I mean, we don't have to have a consensus, but I think Among Us... I think it's Among Us, for sure. It's definitely yeah, Among Us. I, I do want to give a shout-out to Call of Duty Warzone. I've had a lot of fun with that this year. Yeah, I, I've had a ton of fun with all of these games except except Call of Duty. Just I, I've barely played it. Uh, a lot of fun with Animal Crossing, not in multiplayer. Not multiplayer, yeah. yeah. Moving on to best sports slash racing game. So I don't really play these games, but I know they're they're you know obviously huge games. We've got Dirt Five, 
F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. It's got to be Tony Hawk, right? Sorry, my cats were fighting. I had to break that up. It's got to be Tony Hawk. Yeah. Tony Hawk. That that game is so fun. And I don't... Remakes of, like, two industry-shaking classics. I mean... Yeah, and I didn't even get... Versus, like, your annual sports game, you know? Yeah. It's... Yeah. Such a good game. Okay. Tony Hawk I don't have it. Part- I can't like I don't play it very often, but I can't bring myself to uninstall it. Like, you know. Yeah. I I definitely got to check that out sometime. I still haven't tried it. I have uh seen some videos of the new NBA 2K game and my god, does it look pretty? Like the graphics on next gen are insane. I believe that. Yeah. Those are typically pretty good looking games. All right. When you render the same thing here, every year, you get pretty good yeah. at it. True. Yeah. Uh, the next category, Mike, I think you'll find a bit interesting. Best sim slash strategy game. I think the it's nominees are weird. Cr- cr- yeah. Go ahead. Why did they put these together? I like, yeah. One I of these things is not like the others. Yeah. Because obviously, so I look the, at this list and I'm like, flight simulator, easy. So but, le- okay, wait, wait, let me let me read them. These are Crusader Kings three, Desperados three, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator. An XCOM Chimera Squad. Now, I haven't played any of these games, but like just looking at this list, I kind of want to vote for Crusader Kings 3. I think for like... Yeah, call. I want to vote Microsoft Flight Simulator just because it's like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Yeah. But it shouldn't be in this category because I look at this category and like if we're grading... On a scale that makes any sense, yeah, Crusader Kings three, like, because obviously it's not Gears Tactics, and it's not. I don't really think it's XCOM Chimera Squad. I've never heard of Desperados three, so it's got to be Crusader Kings three. <laughs> yeah. Why is Flight so Simulator here? I don't. Maybe there weren't enough Sim nominees for it to go against. I don't know. I guess, but like, I don't get it. Like, it it is a little strange, yeah. Because Flight Simulator, even calling it a game is a little weird because it's it's a flight simulator. <laughs> like all yeah, these it's others a simulator. are simulator. It's literally a simulator. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an actual game per se. Mike, yeah. have have you played Crusader Kings three? I have not. Uh, my list I keep hearing nothing but like really good things about that game. If it's if it's anything like Crusader Kings two, then uh it's gonna be great yeah all right moving on from that one uh best family game animal crossing new horizons crash bandicoot 4 it's about time fall guys ultimate knockout mario kart live home circuit minecraft dungeons and paper mario the origami king it's got to be animal crossing yeah yeah i'm inclined to agree which sucks because fall guys and crash are both really good games although i don't know if i call crash bandicoot 4 a family game like I don't know, this is a I weird category. A lot of people just, like, yeah, shove together, like, family games and platformers into, like, one category. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, if I'm thinking of a family game, it's for sure Animal Crossing. That's a game you can play with your family. Like, the rest of it, like, what's Minecraft? Yeah. I guess Minecraft Dungeons is a good thing for parents to play with their kids, maybe. Yeah. Is Paper so, Mario yeah, really fit? I, this is I a little weird yeah, category. I don't know. Like, last year, so I remember last year... The game that won Best Family was Luigi's Mansion 3. 
Right. And I don't, it, it, that's also a single player Nintendo game. I guess by virtue of the fact that it's a Nintendo game, it's a family game. I, yeah. It's a little strange. It's I think Animal weird. Crossing for sure wins this one, though. Yeah. Yeah. I th- it has to. Like Animal Crossing, the, the mixture of Animal Crossing and the pandemic, like, led to, like, an insane video game fever, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Like, everyone was playing. Yeah, that, that sold a lot of Switches. Yeah. Yeah. All right, best fighting game: Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, One Punch Man, a hero nobody really. Uh, Undernight, In Birth, Exe, Late CLR. What kind of title is that? That's ridiculous. I, I didn't play any of these. Um, so I, I haven't played any of these either. But just the fact that One Punch Man is on here, I don't think that's like a legit fighting game. Like it's just like an anime tie-in anime game, game, really. I, yeah. I wouldn't consider any of the anime fighters true fighting games because yeah, usually they're not it's deep. Kind of, I feel like it's kind of insulting to the fighting game community that the Game Awards keeps nominating games like this for, for, for this award. I remember like last year Jump Force was one of the nominees and that game oh, plays terribly. Yeah, like That's, that's not a fighting game even a little bit. But then you have stuff Just, like Fighters where it actually is a really good fighting yeah, fight, game. A legitimate fighting game, you know, but like... A button masher is not a fighting game. No. So uh, yeah, but I, I yeah. don't know which one would win this. I don't yeah. think it would be Street Fighter Five because I've heard weird things about it. I honestly I think I it would feel be like Blue. it's going to be Mortal Kombat. Honestly, but but again, I'm not too in tune with this space. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tough. I, mean, I think tough. last year was Smash Bros. Smash Bros. got this uh, win. Yeah. That, that okay, next best role playing game: Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, per- Persona Five Royal, Wasteland Three, Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's got to be Final Fantasy. Like really? I haven't you played think it. That's going to be like, Persona it, Five Royal. Yes, I. And critically, is the better game, but the thing about Final Fantasy VII that you know the us like the three of us can't appreciate because we aren't really into that but like final fantasy 7 was one of the seminal games of all time and people have been waiting for a remake of this game for eons and it finally came out and was really good this year i think most people will vote for final fantasy 7 yeah final fantasy 7 remake and the fact that final fantasy 7 remake took a took roughly seven hours of gameplay and turned it into 40 hours is really impressive 40 hours that seem to be good by all the accounts I've seen, which is yeah, I impressive. You know, personally, on this list. Yeah, Persona 5 Royal would probably get this if it was up to me, but like I can recognize Final Fantasy 7 Remake will probably win this. Yeah. Yeah, the, the ones I would say won't get it are Genshin Impact and Wasteland 3. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't I would be very surprised if either of those won. The other 3 I I Yakuza would be a surprise, but I've also heard very good things about Yakuza. So yeah, I, I've heard it's. Ext- I, I'm like, I haven't started it yet. It's gonna be one of the things I do on my new PC. I think is dive in because I have a ton of Yakuza games uh, through Game Pass, yeah. through Epic Games. Uh, I think one other place. I just have a bunch of them already, and I've never played any of them. So I think I have like yeah. zero through four or something. Crazy. Yeah, I I I I started zero earlier this year, and then just got distracted by other stuff. But like. 
yeah, I feel like to get into this series proper, you just need to set aside like hundreds of hours, which yeah, is a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. But by all accounts, seems worth it, to be honest. I, I do that, though. I just obsess on like a certain genre Franchise, or series yeah. for a long time. I'm doing it right now. We'll get into what that you, in a bit. <laughs> I think I was doing all, all whenever. So yeah, I'll, I'll concede and say, yeah, probably, uh, probably going to be Final Fantasy. Yeah. Okay, best action adventure game. Nominees are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which came out last year, which is kind of strange, The Last of Us Part 2. I. It's not going like, to be Valhalla, and it's not going to be Fallen Order. I think it's going to be Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I agree with that, I think. It's not what I would pick. I would pick Miles Morales, probably. Yeah, I... It's it's a tough choice, and also half of the nominees on this list are Sony exclusives, which is wild. Which mm-hmm. I guess makes sense. Action adventure is what they really do. Yeah. Um. Of course, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Shout out to that. Like I haven't, I've only played the first story, but I'm sure this, like this game was absolutely spectacular. But there's just some insane competition this year. Yeah. Um. No, it's yeah. been a nuts year for games. So I, yeah, I. I mean, obviously, I think The Last of Us Part Two was an excellent game, but if we're solely basing it off of the action-adventure genre, I feel like Ghost of Tsushima really fits that. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't call The Last of Us Part Two an action-adventure so much. Yeah, it's like a third-person cinematic Yeah, it definitely, game. yeah, it doesn't fit the genre nearly as well as Ghost of Tsushima or Spider-Man. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Ghost. Okay. I, I, I'll agree with Ghost, probably, from what I've heard about it. Best action, best action game. Nominees are Doom Eternal, Hades, God, so many good games came out this year. Half-Life yeah. Alex, Neo 2, Streets of Rage 4. So I've played most of these games. Yeah, me too. And I, I loved the first three games on this list, and I played all three of them. And I'll say that if Doom Eternal yeah. doesn't win, it got robbed. Like, See, it, that's it, the thing... I, I'm leaning towards Hades on this one. I, I loved Hades. I absolutely would not say that it... If if you're just doing best action, like actual action combat, Doom Eternal picks Hades up and, like, scrapes it across the floor. Like, yeah, Hades is an amazing this... game, but it's not the action that makes it amazing. It's a combination yeah, of a ton so of things. It, Whereas Doom Eternal also, doesn't have kind anything of, but action. In that vein... Neo 2 is an amazing game, but, like, it's it's not necessarily the action that makes it amazing. You know, granted, you know, the combat is at the core of it, and the combat's amazing, but it's it's essentially, like, a Souls-like, honestly, Neo. But uh, Doom um, Eternal, like, Yeah, I think, yeah, it's I, gotta be either Doom Eternal or Hades. And, yeah, you know, like, since I haven't really played Doom Eternal, I'll, I'll defer to you on this one. It's gotta go be Doom, with Doom Eternal. Eternal. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't think Doom Eternal will win, but I I say it should. <laughs> I I think I definitely Do think Hades will win. Uh, I think it's between the two, like you said. Yeah. But I I think if I was the one picking it, Hades doesn't even show up to the party. Neither did any of these other games. Doom Eternal owns action yeah. this year. Nothing's yeah, I, even so okay. So maybe I don't know if you can comment on this, but like, is wasn't there like some controversy with Doom Eternal and how it's like not enough like Doom 2016? And some people were yeah, mad about not, that. It's not a lot like Doom 2016, but in my opinion, every single change they made was an improvement, with the exception of adding a bunch of 
first person platforming. Yeah. Like okay, they made so. they made it so that you have to use every gun in your arsenal all the time. I, I really think I hate to say this, but I think a lot of the people complaining about the differences got filtered. Like because you Ooh, can't play it okay. the same way you played Doom 2016. You have yeah. to adapt. You have to constantly be watching like a ton of different systems going on in the game. And you didn't have to do that in Doom 2016. In Doom 2016, you just had to shoot good. So <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. hard. It kept all the shoot good from Doom 2016. But then it added this entire other layer of like mechanical prowess you have to have like keeping track of cooldowns keeping track of all the different guns ammo you have whereas in doom 2016 like if you're not using the shotgun why are you even playing like yeah but doom eternal okay, like so... I, I regularly would empty the ammo for every single gun i had because i wanted to make sure that i got the most out of a chainsaw kill like yeah. and i would keep certain enemies alive because i knew i was going to need a chainsaw kill in a minute and i would keep track of when my grenades had refreshed and like do i want to use an ice grenade or a frag it sounds grenade. like a super intricately designed game yeah i mean i think donkey when he was reviewing it he said that normal mode on doom eternal was harder than nightmare on uh doom 2016 wow. just because you have to keep track of all these systems and i kind of okay yeah, so i played through the doom game eternal. talk prediction will be doom eternal then yeah, oh, I love that game. I, I'm I haven't bought the DLC yet. I'm waiting for my new PC for that as well. The also, next category, yeah, is innovation and accessibility. The nominees are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyper Dot, The Last of Us Part Two, and I think The Last of Us Part Two has this. I do honestly. too. I, I don't even think it's a contest. It's The Last of Us. Too. Yeah, like. The fact that a completely blind person can play through The Last of Us Part Two from start to finish and do all the optional content and collectibles in that game is a is a real testament to that. Why watch uh, those options on the list? I don't know. Valhalla makes sense. Grounded, maybe. Hyperdot, haven't heard of it. But Watch Dogs Legion, no, I, I didn't see anything okay. about that game that screamed accessibility to me. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think this one's an easy one. We can yeah. lock Last of Us in for that. And give me a sec. I lost my place on the page. Oh, I guess I just get to pick this next one. Well, I'm not picking. I'm going sequentially up the page. Oh, uh, know, best VR slash AR. Yeah, so I'm the only one who's played any of these, right? Like. Yeah, I think so. So Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR. I have played that. Star Wars Squadrons, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. It's Half-Life Alex. Yeah, it's it's got to be Half-Life Alex. I haven't with, even played with, it, uh, I know that. Yeah, honorable mention to Star Wars Squadrons, because I hear the VR in that is excellent, but it's Half-Life Alex. I mean, yeah. Half-Life Alex is insane. Yeah, that's... Uh, I'm not going to contest that. That's Next game, Best Community Support. The nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. I don't know. This one's a nah, tough this, one. This one exists to give No Man's Sky an award, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, this has to be No Man's Sky, right? The just yeah. the sheer volume of quality stuff they've added to the game is yeah, insane. Yeah, like all these other games, it's definitely not Fall Guys. Um, all these other games do good updates and stuff, but as far as, once you bring transparency into question, it's No Man's Sky. Like, transparency and responsiveness, yeah. it's got to be. 
That's, uh, I'm going to lean towards No Man's Sky, but also I feel like, you know, I haven't really been following Apex Legends. Maybe they've had an insane year. I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I agree. But, like, but just I haven't based followed, off what I know. Yeah. I haven't followed No Man's Sky either, and I know about their reputation for this thing, you know? Yeah, true, true, true. So, okay, No Man's Sky. Next game, best mobile game among awesome. us, Call of Duty Mobile. Genshin Impact, Legends of Runeterra, Pokemon Cafe Mix. It's got to be Fall Guys. <laughs> it's got to be Fall Guys. Yeah, sorry, Among Us. I, yeah, I get those it's got to be Among Us. I, don't know. I think Legends Genshin Impact is an honorable mention. What was that, Mike? Legends of Runeterra actually hit big because it was a decent evolution on the that's trading right. card that's game right. genre. That's right, game. Yeah, that's Riot's like uh, Hearthstone killer. Yeah, and it's... Succeeding. That's a fair point. That that's a genuine competitor to Among Us, I think. I think it's Among Us. I, I still think it's Among Us, though. That get yeah. Just everyone's played Among Us. And everyone's mm-hmm. talking about Among Us still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Best indie game: Carrion, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky Two, Spiritfarer. All right. All Connor, I know what so you're gonna say. Good. I'm gonna say Spelunky Two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say Hades. Yeah, I, I think, think it's... But that's tough, because, yeah. like... It is all, very tough. All of these games were incredible. Spelunky yes. 2... Like, if Spelunky 2 didn't have the bonus of being so nostalgic for me, just, you know, and being, like, all that Spelunky 1 power behind it, I don't know. It might be Hades. Hades might be my pick. Hades and Carrion are probably tied for me for second place. Then Fall Guys, and then Spirit yeah. Bear. And I loved Spirit yes. So Yeah, these are all excellent games. I'm pretty firmly in the camp that it has to be Hades, and I think it will be Hades. Yeah, I think Hades is going to win, but my pick would be Spelunky too. Yeah. Okay, next category, best ongoing game. The nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2... Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. So this is kind of similar to the other category, right? This is kind of similar to best community support, I think. It, They're kind of tied together. To that, yeah, but I think it's Fortnite for this. Yeah, Fortnite's had like some insane like events, right? Like Marvel-related yeah, I mean, events Fortnite. and stuff this year. Yeah, I check out the events on YouTube occasionally, though, and I don't play it. Like, yeah. And I think that's a sign that like of the phenomenon that Fortnite is. Yeah, and De- I mean, obviously, Destiny 2 has had a pretty big year, too. They've had uh, the release of Beyond Light, which is really pretty successful, a really good raid. But all things considered, I think what Fortnite's doing with, like, in terms of keeping an ongoing game fresh, no one's quite doing it like Fortnite, I think. The, yeah, they have think so many events so frequently that are so different. And just thinking about the engineering sort of chops that would take to maintain and keep going, that's it's pretty tough. You know, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think it's Fortnite. Yeah, okay. Fortnite. All right, let's go with Fortnite for that one. Games for Impact. So this is an interesting one. For a thought-provoking game with a pro-social me- meaning or message. If found, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Spiritfarer, Tell Me Why, Through the Darkest of Times. So I haven't played any of these games, so I'm just going to throw a guess out there. Yeah, go ahead, Connor. I've actually. played Spiritfarer, and I've played Tell Me Why. Um, I, like I was going to guess Tell Me Why. Yeah, I think it'll be Tell Me Why. Uh, I found Tell Me Why extremely boring uh, and mm-hmm. didn't finish the first chapter. But it, I, I think it did a lot for inclusivity 
and stuff. And uh, the message seemed important. I just got really bored with the gameplay. Where Spiritfarer, I don't know if it really had such a strong message. It was just kind of about being at peace with death, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so I, I yeah. as a game that I was having fun with and was kind of zen, Spiritfarer for me. But tell me why I think it's probably more important. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I've also heard very good things about Kentucky Route Zero. But, I, I yeah, I don't know. I think Don't Nod really just has this category down. Yeah. Is Don't Nod, is that the same developers that did? Um, yeah. Okay. T- tell me why is Don't Nod, like, uh, Life is Strange. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's what I thought when I was playing it. And I was kind of disappointed that I was having such a bad time. <laughs> I, I might give it another shot. I, I might have just not been in the mood for it. But it kind of... Yeah. The first act drags on. I didn't really care about the characters at first. Uh, the characters grew on me. I thought the power that you have was really lame, though. The the like supernatural tidbit. The signature, really, yeah. Yeah, I found that uh, it wasn't nearly as interesting as time travel. Is this game basically Life is Strange 3? Uh, I mean, it plays really similar to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... You bounce between two characters you control, I think. I only remember playing as the guy. Uh, but I think you bounce between them. And uh, you're, like, exploring a little house. And, like, they used to live there when they were kids. And you're trying to figure out a little mystery. And they have, like, a weird yeah. telepathy thing going on. And that's their power. And that's kind of really boring. Because that's just talking <laughs> okay. with extra steps. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I got really... That was when I kind of lost interest. I was like, man, that's... The- I imagine it gets better. I just didn't really give it a chance. Okay, so that's going to be our game of the year for games of impact. For impact. <laughs> okay. Um, best performance. Okay, so this one, self-explanatory. Best, like, acting performance in a game. And the nominees are... One sec. Lost it again. Uh, I'll read suck. it. It's Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2. Laura Bailey as Abby The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai. Yeah. Oh, Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai. Oh, man, that was really bad of me. That was Logan very Cunningham white of Hades. you. Huh? I said that was very white of you. Yeah, it was. That was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> and Naji Jetter as Miles Morales. I feel like this goes to either Ashley Johnson or Laura Bailey, right? Yes. So I've played all of these games, and I will say, you know, all of these performances were outstanding. That, that yeah. goes without saying. Like, they were legitimately very, very good, all of them. Yeah, any it other year, be Hades between would Ashley be... Johnson and Laura Bailey. Those two's performance in The Last of Us Part Two was straight up just the best acting I've seen in a video game. Like, period. So, like, it's got to be one of those two. I am leaning towards Ashley Johnson, but I feel like Laura Bailey might win this, honestly. So, yeah, yeah one I... of those two have to win. I haven't seen it. I, I think it's interesting to say that Logan Cunningham as Hades would have been a front runner any other year. Oh yeah. He, but his his voice as Hades is phenomenal. Yeah, but it I don't think it's gonna compare to uh The Last of Us Part Two stuff. Yeah. And you know it's funny, Daisuke Suji is Jin Sakai. I played Ghost of Tsushima in Japanese, so I have not heard a single uh, line from this guy. <laughs> Because uh, I believe Daisuke Suji is the English voice actor. I yeah. think. I just want to f- apologize okay. for butchering his name. <laughs> it's okay. 
So next category is best audio design. This one's pretty cool. The nominees are Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, and The Last of Us Part 2. So the audio design in Doom Eternal is phenomenal, but yeah. I feel like Half-Life Alex has an extremely unfair advantage in this, in that it's a VR game where almost everyone playing it had headphones in. Right, and like, yeah. The sound design matters so much in a VR game, and it was really good. And I, I, I think that's an unfair advantage, but if we're going to compare them, it's Half-Life Alex. Yeah, this is a tough choice. This is a very tough choice. Uh, of the games I've played on here, they've all have have had excellent audio. I will say from what I've played, I think The Last of Us Part Two has re- probably the best audio. But again, yeah, I, I have not I played Half-Life Alex. I could so, see The Last of Us Part Two beating Doom, uh, maybe. Although Doom did do a really good job. And uh, this is a hard one, because, like, do I include soundtrack in this? Because Doom Eternal... No, there's, there's a different uh, category for... There's okay. a different category for that. So I, I, I think I'm going to guess... Hate, uh, uh, sorry, Half-Life for this, yeah. just simply because, like, sound in a VR game just transforms the experience. Yeah, and it was it, it was stellar. Yeah, I didn't finish the game, but th- there's one there's one sequence that is very loud and scary, and they nailed it. <laughs> okay, so now next category is what uh, we were alluding to: best score and music. The nominees are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, The Last of Us Part Two. God, this is such a difficult category. Yeah, this is hard because I I, I would honestly say The Last of Us Part Two. From what I've seen, but not necessarily for original music. Like, you know, the the non-original music I've heard of in The Last of Us Part Two is is just really really good. If not for yeah, that, I mean, you can't beat BFG Division and Doom Eternal. Like, you really yeah, can't. So for The Last of Us Part Two, you've got Gustavo Santaolalla back doing his like custom-made guitar score for the game, and I I that's just. The guitar playing in that game is just so raw and good. Yeah. I kind of want to give it to The Last of Us Part 2, but I will also say the soundtrack in Hades is absolutely phenomenal. Like, it's, it's good, but it's so good. But Mick Gordon, man. Doom Eternal. Oof. And BFG. I will also say, you know, actually, you know what will probably win this is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, because that it. Final yeah. Fantasy VII music is so iconic and now it's like fully orchestrated in this game it's going to hit a lot of people really hard this is a tough one to answer because i I think ori has good music too so this is a really tough one in my mind it's between the last of us and doom eternal but doom eternal's uh, music was you know doom music when has doom ever produced i'm I'm going to i'm going to guess last of us part two and another reason why i guess obviously the score by itself is phenomenal but in 2013 when the last of us came out uh, it lost this category, the score and music category, to GTA V, which oh, is just that's, that's criminal. <laughs> just the worst. Like GTA that's awful. V does not deserve because it's just a bunch. It's it's a mixtape, you know. Yeah, like and that was very insulting, especially to someone like Gustavo Santaolalla. Yeah, know, I feel like, that, so they have see. To that's right why I'm him. saying like there should be a separate category for OST and soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on The Last of Us on this one, I think. Yeah. Best Art Direction. Okay, we're getting into the spicy categories now. This Uh, is a hard uh, one. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of 
This was part two. I, I kind of got to give this. I like Ori, I was going to say, if Ori's going to win any of these, I feel like it has to be this, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, but I think it's Hades. Hey, yeah. And also, I, I, Ghost looks so good, too. And I'm... I mean, The Last of Us Part Two is really pretty graphically, but like in terms of art, it just yeah, looks I like a, a real. It just looks anything. like real life, you know. So I yeah, don't really count that. Anything hyper realistic, I have I have trouble with, which is why I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm going to predict it's going to be Ori, simply okay. because like the the, I seeing that game just run it just like every frame of that game could be like a beautiful painting, in like an art gallery. I feel like. I'll concede that. I don't too. know. I mean, I haven't even played the game, right? But yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm suggesting that. But that's not to say any of these. These, these all are incredible, incredible-looking games. Okay, best narrative: Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Wait, it's I the mean, Last of Us Part Two, it's right? It's the Last of Us Part Two. I mean, you haven't even played it. Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima's narrative is good, but The Last of Us Part Two's narrative literally chews you up and spits you out and leaves you quivering on the floor. Yeah. Now, I, I, I guess I hear what you're saying. The narrative was very controversial, right? That's kind of what you're hinting at? Not that it was controversial, more that it, it had some dissonance. Gameplay story dissonance, where it told you you were a bad person but the game required you to do these things. Are we talking about Last of Us? or Yes, yeah, Last game? of Us. Okay. Have you played the game, Mike? I've seen enough of it to like make my decision. I haven't okay. seen or played any yeah, of it. Yeah, because so. I'm not really sure what you're referring to, and to talk about that anymore will be spoilers. Yeah, yeah game I, I have not been spoiled, spoiled at all. Uh, well, okay. I've, so I, I got the big thing spoiled for me. But, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah, care. and obviously, you know, like, everyone's, you know, the narrative in this game is the most controversial bit about this game, and everyone's sort of dissected it in every which way. But I think even because, maybe it, because of that fact, too, is what elevates it. The fact that it's talked about this much, even if some people really dislike some of the narrative choices in this game. So, I don't know. I'm going to lean towards The Last of Us Part Two. Okay, and Mike, you, yeah. said, you said you're leaning towards Ghost? I'm leaning towards ghosts. Okay, yeah. I believe. Best game direction. Nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and The Last of Us Part II. Ooh, I, game direction. That, Hades is kind of weird. I think it's Hades because if we're talking innovation and creative vision, Hades is very different from any roguelike before it. Yeah. In, in very positive ways. Um, but I think Half-Life's a contender, too, because... Half-Life Alex as well. It's the first, like, AAA VR game. That's, like, a real VR that's... game, you know? And, you know, yeah. that was uncharted territory, and they nailed it. So... And uh, I, I agree with both of those. I will also throw The Last of Us Part Two in there, simply because... Um, some of the narrative choices made in that game are pretty, I think, unheard of. And I think but that's it was in innovative. Well, here's the thing. Game direction, innovation in game direction and design. And I think the narrative is so intrinsically part of the game here 
Um, I, well, I, I don't want to get into the specifics, but like something happens halfway through the game, which I obviously is a source of a lot of controversy, but I think that that's one of the last of us part two strengths. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like this one's a very tough category. Yeah, I'd say half-life half-life or Hades. Uh, And I I lean half-life just because they, just because of how uncharted the territory was going in to make a story-based AAA game in VR. Okay, yeah, I haven't played Half-Life, so I can't comment on that. So I, I guess I'll just defer to you guys for this one. It, it's so good. It's so, yeah. so good. I mean, it it is the only VR game that makes me think that there's any reason to buy another VR headset. Because if if yeah. anyone else, if, if those games start coming out with any regularity games of that caliber, uh, flat-screen games can't compete. Like... It's insane how yeah. good that game is. Okay, uh, final category, Game of the Year. Nominees are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. This is an incredible list of games. So yeah, None of them terms, are my Game of the Year. In terms of, like, impact... None of those are my game of the year. My game of the year came out two years ago. <laughs> but well, that's pretty fair. Is it uh, Among Us? Yeah, it's Among Us. Among Us <laughs> is definitely my game of the year. Mine but, is probably uh well, So, we'll, we'll so the description own. let's just say the description for this is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Okay, that's not Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's not Animal Crossing. Uh, it's Ghost of Tsushima, for me. So okay, so let's let's make the case. I think you can make the case of for each of this, these games. So let's yeah. go ahead and do that. Animal Crossing. The reason it would win, it was a global phenomenon this year. Yeah, you it, know, but it was a terrible technical experience. Like, uh, uh, yeah. true. It, yeah, that really knocks uh, it. But I, in I terms really of creative experience, it, it, it knocks it down a peg out of the caliber of all of these other games. I think. If if we're going strictly, I, you know, I don't see the um, rubric that they're using, but it, you know, if we're scoring on a rubric, then based on the description, I don't Animal think, Crossing. I don't think there is a rubric. I think it's yeah, just. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm scoring there. on a rubric in my head here, and Animal Crossing loses so many points on that technical field that it isn't on yeah. this list anymore. Despite um, me, yeah, thinking I, it's a phenomenal game. It's a phenomenal game, and, and I, the only reason I think it has a shot is because of how big of a phenomenon it was. But, yeah. I, you know, if, if you were to ask me right now which which one of these I think will win, it's between two. And I think we'll get to that here in a minute. But I want to go through all the nominees first. Let's make the case for Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal would be my pick. Uh, I do not yeah. think it's going to win. Um, well, largely because, like, Doom Eternal is not something... Uh, like I was saying earlier, it's intensely difficult, and it's not really something I think anyone could just pick up and play, which I think hurts it. Uh, it even less than probably any of these other games, except maybe Ghost of Tsushima, I think it was really hard. But uh, Doom Eternal's just... It it appeals to me as a gamer in a lot of ways, and it... Yeah. It just it hits all the bells and whistles for me, but... Uh, I don't believe that it is going to be the majority choice. But if we're looking like, uh, okay, looking at creative and technical fields, technical, the id engine, 
id tech or whatever it's the best game engine yeah. like it runs so amazingly it's so well optimized you can run it on a toaster uh and then best creative experience it's just you know it's doom it it they they doom, didn't yeah. have to change doom 2016 and they did anyway and i liked everything that they did yeah. except the platforming which is fine i've i hundred percented it uh i haven't done it on nightmare yet but i'm going to it's a good game it is a very good game so final fantasy 7 remake uh yes so none of game right but like i think we'd be fools not to consider it right it's, yeah, i think it's got a good it's shot it's going to be yeah, it's, it's it's got a decent shot it's it looks great it plays great from what i understand and the fact that they reimagine like the first slice of final fantasy 7 into this 40 hour epic yeah and that it mean, was I, actually good that's you know? technically impressive i really yeah. want to play this game the only reason i haven't is that i don't want to play the first part of final fantasy 7 i want to play final fantasy 7 you know that's that's literally the only thing that stopped me from picking i mean up. the first part of final fantasy 7 is a great cyberpunk experience yeah yeah the but Midgard, i want to yeah. play it all like I, i'll probably buy yeah. it all when it comes out finished but i don't like i don't know i don't like well, episodic i hope you'll uh look forward to picking that up in like 2030 yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Ghost of Tsushima. So I've I've played this game. I love this game. Uh, I think this game is Assassin's Creed best it's ever been. You know, it's the best Assassin's Creed game ever made, which that's is kind of funny. Like, that's not high praise for me. <laughs> I don't know. Some Assassin's Creed games are really good, I think. Some Assassin's but Creed games are good, I, I would say, but... Tsushima uh, really sort of fulfilled that samurai fantasy that, you know, like, a lot of games kind of danced around it, but this game fully embraced that and was the samurai game, you know? And I think uh, it's it's got a good narrative as well. Uh, but if I'm going to be completely honest, if I could knock one game off this list, it would probably be either Ghost of Tsushima or Animal Crossing. And that's really? not to speak ill of those games. It's just the caliber of video game this year is so high. Yeah. Especially compared to, like, 2019, I think. Yeah. Uh, they didn't 2019 have Outer Wilds? It did. It, Outer Wilds. Did. Yeah, 2019 yeah. was Outer Wilds. None of these games even come close to Outer Wilds. None of them ever could, so... I Sorry. disagree with I like that, the concept of Outer Wilds. You haven't Wilds. played Outer Wilds. <laughs> and you haven't played The Last of Us. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. Um. Okay, anyways. Hades. Okay, so this game... Sort of... I, I feel like this game took the critical world by storm. Like, everyone loved this game. Yeah, I think Hades you know, has a real shot. Uh. Yeah, so... Yeah, so spoilers... My, I think this is a contest between two games. I think it's between Hades and The Last of Us. I do, too. Uh, and I think Hades, so Hades, I had no idea what I was expecting when I got into this game. And the fact that its gameplay is just so good and there's so many different ways to play. And the fact that I've done like over like 30 or 40 runs and each one's been completely different just because there's that much gameplay variety on top of all of the interesting characters and the interesting lore and the story, like 
Hades is such a unique critical or sorry, a unique creative experience, I think. Yeah. And that's what elevates it, I think, above most other games this year. It's I definitely think Hades deserves it. Uh maybe deserves it as much as Doom Eternal does, I think. If I if I had to pick one that I thought actually had a chance, I would pick Hades every day of the week off this list. Mm-hmm. So I, I really hope it's Hades. And, I, and I so think that, that Supergiant deserves it. I think yeah. Hades did a lot of really interesting things that hadn't been done before. So that leaves the last game on this list, The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, you don't need to hear me talking about this game anymore. I've done a whole episode on it. I think it's th- between this and God of War. It's the, it's these are the best games on PlayStation Four. Period. I believe. And I think this game uh, narratively shook me to my very core and just kind of left me shriveled up and chewed me up and spat me out in the best possible way. Um, I love this game. I personally... Okay, so if I were picking, I would say The Last of Us Part Two is Game of the Year. But what I think will win Game of the Year is Hades, honestly. I really do. And I'm I'm honestly 100% okay with that. Hades is a phenomenal game. I won't I won't say my rant on The Last of Us again because it's the same every time. I think they're good. But you games. haven't played it. Yeah, but it's not going to be that different from the first one. And I've seen like all the praise for it. I've read reviews. It's people saying the exact same thing they said about the first one. Yeah, I guess I, I'm really a sucker for those like narrative cinematic. Yeah, you're a sucker games. for a good narrative, but that's just not that's not enough for me. You know, if but, you want a good narrative, you can watch the thing. a movie. The gameplay in this game is phenomenal too, and I know. Oh, I, I believe that the gameplay yeah. in the first one wasn't bad, but it's not. Oh, this, this this blows the gameplay of the first one out of the water. The I gameplay of the first one's like terrible compared to this one, honestly. Really? Yeah. I still, it would never be my game of the year just because it it feels so desperate to be a movie when it's a video game. Yeah. So there, we we I think we've put out our differing opinions. Uh, my pick for game of the year is Last of Us Part Two. I think both of you are for Hades, right? Yeah, uh, my pick Hades. would be Doom Eternal, but uh, uh, I okay, Hades or Doom. Hades is the one I think will win. Yes, yeah, so I think we're all in agreement there. Like we all have different personal picks, but we all think Hades will win. Is that well? None of that, these would be my game of the year, but my game of the year of these from this list, I guess. Yeah, from this list, it's going to be Doom Eternal. Yeah, I think maybe that's an interesting thing we can lightly touch on too. Uh, what would your all's game of the year be? Mine's, Noita. I've already said mine, is The Last of Us. Uh, Noita, yeah. Dude, I'm surprised Noita wasn't on the indie list, at least. Yeah, I think it would have, it would have beat Spelunky 2 for me on the indie list, probably. Noita's just insane. Do you think it's just an issue of, like, not enough people know about it? I, I really do. I think it's, it's a yeah. little too obscure. Uh. Yeah. Which is crazy. And no, it's still an early access, fair, right? It's made by... It's not Early Access. It's out. Oh, yeah. It left Early Access this year. Um, I think one of the issues... Actually, when was the deadline for this? Uh, I think it was, like, right when the PS5 came out. Because I think... Because, okay. like, Miles Morales is on this list, right? Right, yeah. Because Early Access... Or Noida left Early Access, I think, in September. Wait Maybe. a minute. So, if, if, if the cutoff is when the PS5 came out, where is Demon's Souls? <laughs> And that should be, yeah, all over this. 
So I don't I don't I don't know where uh, quite where the cutoff date is. Yeah, that's weird. But you know, like you know, it, it is sort of weird. You know, having a cutoff in November. I think they should just ho- host the game of the year ceremony in like January or something, so you get a true representation of everything that came out this year. Because yeah. we have another major game coming out, which a lot of people will probably consider their game of the year, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, so, that comes out in an hour. And and that'll only be eligible for 2021's awards, which is kind of goofy. Um, so, I don't know, maybe they can improve the format of this hey, show. But, well, let's yeah. hold up. They still have an hour to delay Cyberpunk again. Oh, yeah, they do. You're right. <laughs> true, true. We're this close. Yeah. Ten minutes before it launches, they're going to delay Cyberpunk. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. guys. We can't make it till uh, fall 2021. We'll be right there with Halo Infinite. However, I think the biggest thing to remember is that all awards for games are arbitrary at best, and gaming is oh yeah, yeah very I mean, it's just, perspective. You know, it's, yeah, but you know, everything, people get excited for the subjective. Oscars. Like yeah, yeah, Every, everything's subjective. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so in terms of um. Potential reveals. Do you guys think we'll see anything exciting? I, think I hope Gen we see Z from Fortnite comes to Smash Bros. I think that's God, pretty me, likely. Uh, I hope we see Elden Ring. I think we're gonna see Master Chief get added to Fortnite, uh, along with Kratos and Master uh, Chief already got added to. What? Master Chief already got added to Fortnite. He did. I thought that was just leaked. No, no. I th- I'm pretty sure that's a thing, right? No, I think that was really recent. I sent you guys a leak. Huh, okay. I mean, uh, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at this point. And Kratos if, got if, leaked. If even Thanks. Sony's putting characters on Fortnite, like, it's it's over. Like, Microsoft will put everything on there. Because Sony's like, a theory more, that like, Samus guarded, is going to get in. Yeah. Which Fortnite is just the, just the gross Smash Bros of the industry. Yeah, Goku's going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, no, they're just going to throw... Fortnite can throw whatever cameos they want. They've Actually, turned their game into, like, a platform. I mean, I bet, they've already got, like, Iron Man and Thor in it, too, you know? I bet it's really likely that Kirito uh, from Sword Art Online gets put in Fortnite. Oh, no. I'd put good money on it. <laughs> Remember when the biggest cameo was, Oh, my was God, like, I bet a, there'll be a Fortnite season of Sword Art Online. Remember Why when would you like, say stuff like that? <laughs> there was, like, a period in Fortnite where uh, the discount John Wick was a skin, and that was it. Yeah. And then, then it just jumped the shark. <laughs> Attention, like okay. gamers. John so Wick, any, okay, let me rephrase the question. Any non-Fortnite related predictions for tomorrow's Game Awards? Uh, Fortnite gets shut down. Uh, <laughs> we'll get a Smash character. Uh, we'll we'll definitely get a Smash we'll character. I Smash remember. Character. Was was last year Joker? Nah. No, that was last the year, year was maybe the year before last was Joker. Yeah, I just were, remember that that reveal last. was so hype. That was last incredible. year was Banjo. Hold that on. might be right. Or was it Hero? Or that was the same time, wasn't it? Hero yeah. and Banjo. Yeah. Yes, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for a hype game. smash reveal. Uh, I think they're probably no. This probably isn't the event that they'll announce DLC for uh, Hyrule Warriors, but that's coming. I mean, but in terms, uh, of, I, I, we've just been talking about like DLCs and character announcements. I'm th- I'm thinking like games. Like this is this is a place where major games are revealed. We might get a release date for Psychonauts. Maybe. I don't know if Psychonauts is major enough though for this. Do we potentially see Metroid Four showing up? Nah. They just they restarted it this year, so yeah. it's not ready. 
I could see Sony if Sony's serious about releasing God of War Ragnarok in 2021, which I highly doubt still. Oh yeah, we if, if they're doing that, they're showing that here. I think. I yeah, but that's it. I can't think of anything else that would be shown unless maybe Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be. I an can exciting, see them announcing uh, Persona Five Royal for the. So Switch. here's the thing, though. Like, I wish this show was just like. Oh, there was. Yeah, no, I, I wish it was uh, more condensed. You know. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. There was no Smash Ultimate reveal last year. Okay, so that was 2018. Yeah, it's 2018. But yeah, like, so this show, I don't know if you guys know this, but this show is four hours long. Uh, Yeah, I think I watched it with you one year. I think yeah, I was one at your year. house. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Like, apparently, like, I looked at the list of presenters, and it's just a ridiculous list. It's like... Like, you've got, you know, people from the game industry, right? But then yeah, you've got Brie people Larson like, Brie Larson, you've got Christopher Nolan presenting. It's just God. like, what is happening here? It's just like, Nolan. uh, but like, I wish, you know, th- I feel like this could be a really good two-hour show combined with like the awards and the reveals, but it's like really long. Yeah, I'll just have it on in the background. I won't be paying yeah. attention until I <laughs> yeah. hear, until I hear the uh, Smash Bros. sound effect. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, no, the thing about Smash reveals, actually. like. Thing, if, right? if like you won't like know tomorrow. it's a smash reveal until like halfway through it yeah sure so. all right yeah oh, they so might... i think yeah go nah, ahead. they're probably not going to announce the new doom dlc did they announce it last year no doom eternal wasn't out yet last year i don't remember <laughs> doom eternal came out the same day as animal crossing Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot. Yeah, that, that was my wallet's <laughs> darkest day. I forgot that we had two oh, yeah. antici- hotly Classic. anticipated games launch on the same day. So, that, I, yeah, I think that's uh, that's uh, our predictions for the Game Awards. Unless we've got any last-minute things to throw did, in. Did you jot any of these down? Oh, not at all. Because uh, that would have been fun to, like... Next week, I mean, say I think all we got right. Yeah, I mean, I think I can remember most of it. You know, like it's yeah. just my gut yeah, feeling. Most of it, I knew immediately when I yeah. looked at it. But yeah, do you guys want to talk about what you've been playing? Uh, I got kind of a diatribe for mine because I have sure. talked on this show about not liking turn-based RPGs. Literally, but... I think every episode for like for a stretch of like at least ten, you've mentioned that. Yeah, but weirdly enough, I got into... It started with Dragon Quest XI. Uh, 11S Echoes of an Elusive Age on Game Pass. And I was like, you know, I didn't hate the demo for this. The graphics are really pretty. And it, it plays kind of like just watching an anime, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Like, it has, you know, slice-of-life bits almost, as well as, like, action-packed bits. Really? Dragon Quest does? Yeah, a little bit. Like, huh. maybe not slice-of-life, but, like, one of the things I really like is, like, you go into the town... And, like, your party splits up, and they're all doing things in that town. Like, your healer might be off healing people if you're in a town where, like, people are hurt. Or, like, maybe your healer and her sister are out, like, you know, just looking at the boats on the dock. And, like, there's a guy named Silvando, and he's, like, stereotypical flamboyant gay guy, kinda. And he'll be off, like, (laughs) he'll be at the docks, too, looking at sailors. (laughs) Like, okay. I mean, it's a fun, yeah, Silvando, I, yeah, I question. Japan's handled that less tastefully in the past, so. Yeah, and Silvando's not too bad. But I don't know. And it's also got, like, a ton of fun puns and stuff. Like, there's a there's an MMA arc, and, like, this is all drawn by Toriyama. All the characters yeah. are designed by him. And there's a masked martial arts 
uh, that's fun yeah. part you do, and it's in a town called Octagonia. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, what? It's so, it's so stupid. There's like a tourist town in it called Phenomenon. God. With a boss in it named Dora in gray, and it's a painted lady. <laughs> like, see, I wonder how much of this Toriyama comes up with. Is it just the art? Because like these I names, think it's just the art. Okay. But... It's hard to say. These names almost sound Toriyama-esque, because he, he always takes, like, real-life, like, some, like English words and just turns them into characters, you know? Yeah, so that's my game I've been playing, mostly. But uh, I realized I don't dislike turn-based RPGs that much. I really just hate Pokemon, because they're garbage <laughs> games that are terrible at doing turn-based combat. And, like... Yeah. Or they're not garbage games. They're... Well, the new ones are, but... Because I've also gone back and played Pokemon Yellow recently. and Because I, I bought that a while back, and I was like, you know, maybe this won't be so excruciating. And Pokemon Yellow is excruciating, but not for the reasons I expected. Because Pokemon Yellow is, like, kind of hard. Like, Pikachu's not a good Pokemon to start that game with. It makes the first gym really hard. And, like, my Pikachu was so underleveled that I couldn't beat Misty, because Pikachu's worthless against anything except water types in the early game. Like, yeah. But, like, it bound, you know, going through Mount Moon took me, like, an entire evening. It was a- agonizing, kind of, but in a way that I had a lot of fun with. Um, I've also been playing a game called Monster Sanctuary. Uh, it came out yesterday, I think. And it's okay. kind of like a Pokemon take on a Metroidvania, kind of. It's hard to explain, but I- I'm just going to focus on the combat in it. It's, um... And it, it kind of, along with Dragon Quest, gets this right. You have three monsters at a time fighting three monsters at a time. And that's just way more interesting than one-on-one combat. Because in one-on-one combat, it feels like there's no reason outside of like highly competitive arenas to ever use status-affecting moves. But if you have three monsters, you can have one monster dedicated to buffing you, one monster dedicated to weakening your allies, and one monster dedicated to attacking. And, like, that's been the case as well in Dragon Quest. I have Yeah, it sounds like you're team. actually discovering yeah, <laughs> turn-based like combat for the first time. actual strategy here. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I've been doing. I mean, okay, to be fair, there is strategy in Pokemon. You can get really high level with some of the stuff, yeah. like, with held you, items and you can, abilities and stuff. T- typically, those are double battles, too, which the game does not really give you very much of. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a reason, like, and I've I've also been rewatching the original Pokemon anime, and what makes me so mad is that the, the people doing the anime immediately realize that double battles are more interesting. Like, this was before double battles were even a thing in the games, but, like, <laughs> they do double battles in the anime constantly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like in all Kanto? the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just going funny. through Kanto, yeah. Every time they fight Team Rocket, it's a double battle. Yeah. I like, mean, it makes sense. Like in a really show dumb. format, yeah, like, yeah. But there's just so many more options, and you know, I'm yeah, always double battles like exponentially increase the depth of a Pokemon match. But I think Pokemon gets it wrong in so many ways. So like in in Monster Sanctuary, you don't have to do it. Like all the battles are totally optional. You know, nothing jumps out at you, which I guess is true in the newer Pokemon games, Sword and Shield. But yeah, uh, historically, like you get all this fodder and stuff and you kind of have to battle it. I haven't really hit a point where I need to grind in Monster Sanctuary, which is a huge plus. I have a couple of times in Dragon Quest, but Dragon Quest has a mode like you can speed up combat to go really fast. 
And it has like tactics modes where you can say, you can just say to your whole party, fight wisely, and you can set the controller down, and they will do the entire. Yeah, that's that's a that's a common thing in turn-based RPGs. Amazing! Like, why is that not? Why is that not in Persona for one thing? Uh, well, you can do that with like your teammates, but not your character. Yeah, and uh, which I'm the opposite. I love micromanaging my party in like RPGs. That's why I micromanage. Like, I turn that off the moment I get to a boss fight. When like if I think something is actually a threat to me, I turn that off because that's when the game gets really fun. Is when I'm actually using strategy I've learned and stuff to fight a boss. Uh, but in Pokemon that never happens. Like that happens in the Elite Four maybe, and like other than that, you could totally just have the game on autoplay and be fine. <laughs> like if if I could auto kill the Zubats, they wouldn't be so annoying. Like honestly. I just think Pokemon really has missed the boat on every innovation RPGs have had in the past 20 years. Yeah, that that's a fair assessment. Pokemon's and, very, very slow to iterate and improve. And they give turn-based RPGs a bad name. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd absolutely prefer, in any of these cases, to be playing an action RPG, but I am enjoying them. And I, I really did, like, I realized I liked Dragon Quest Eleven, and I dove into a bunch of others just to be like, maybe this isn't so bad. It's still not high on my list of favorite genres or anything, but I'm gonna finish Dragon Quest probably. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I hear some interesting things about like the back half of that game. So when you get there, let me know. Yeah, I don't know how far into it I am. I did <laughs> I hit a quest line that was like like I thought that this was the game opening up and like you know, oh man, this is when you know this is when it really starts because they were like telling me about these. For all intents and purposes, I had to gather the six six. It was six in this case, but they were Dragon Balls more or less. Yeah, I was I like, oh it. god, so this is it. You know, this is like how the the story starts, and I'm not going to see the first one of these things for a couple hours probably. And then before the cutscene had even ended, I had three of them, <laughs> <laughs> and then a fourth one not even twenty minutes later or something like. I haven't that's, gotten uh, that one yet, but the game. What I'm saying one is way the to pacing is good. Your expectations. Yeah, the pacing is very fun. You go into towns. They set up a whole story for that town. It, it feels like an anime episode a lot of the time, like or even an arc. Like you go into a town, yeah. a controversy in the town is set up. You solve it. Your your whole party is like, well, that was fun, but aren't we supposed to be saving the world? And then they leave. <laughs> like. Yeah, that that honestly sounds like a lot of fun. I started Dragon Quest Eleven a while back, but never I I never got past first couple hours just because I got distracted. And I've always meant to go back. The voice acting is atrocious. I will say I don't know what it is about. Dude, JRPGs. I would totally play it in Japanese though. Oh, I was playing it in English, and I'm going to continue to because they're like laughably bad. But like, have you <clears throat> have you seen Tim Rogers' review of Dragon Quest Eleven? No. That's one of the best reviews I've ever seen of a video game. I'll have to check it out. I'll, I'll link it to you. You must watch it, Connor. But, like, I don't know what it is, because uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 had the same problem. What is with all these Scottish accents in JRPGs? <laughs> it's just the way they are. Like, I was I was on a Discord call with my friend while I was playing it, and I walked up on this desert city, and I was like, Tyler, I'm going to turn this game off if somebody in this city has a has a Scottish accent. <laughs> and it was the first time. It was the first person in the game that didn't have one. That's so funny. Like, now we gotta quit this. Yeah. yeah. It's just infuriating. I don't know why. I don't 
I don't know. Maybe and they say that's like, the favorite sort of dialect of English that that to it just sounds good to Japanese ears. Maybe I don't know. They don't understand it because I I <laughs> they say Craigie a bunch. <laughs> that's not Scottish. <laughs> and what so a funny. A now I kind of want to play it in English. A character at one point said, "What the Craigie? What the <laughs> what? Yeah, the, what the Craigie? Like what? you don't understand this at all." That's so funny. Anyway, I'm enjoying it. It's really stupid, but I'm enjoying it. It also has, like, a classic JRPG mode that, like, makes it 2D. Yeah, the 2D, like, SNES-style graphics. Yeah, and I I thought I was going to play some in that, but uh, you you can swap in between them, but only at, like, important story beats, kind of. Like, it's not at any time. And so I don't really do it ever because I don't want to lose any progress at any point. And, like, yeah, it's neat as a novelty. Like, I'd love to see every area in the game and see what they look like and all. But the game is beautiful in 3D. Yeah. So, like, why on Earth? I think that mode's more suited for, like, people who have been with Dragon Quest since the beginning, you know, like, who played the original games. Yeah. Sort of get a nostalgic. already played it before this was available, because it came out on the PlayStation and PC long before this was an option. Yeah, but it was probably good for people replaying the game to see it in a new light. And there are also certain areas that are involved, like stuff that was added in the uh, definitive edition that you can only go to in 2D, and the game just switches over to 2D when you go there. And I think that's kind of uh, okay. Like, you time it's called Echoes of an Elusive Age, and you kind of time travel back to previous Dragon Age or Dragon Age Dragon Quest areas. And uh, yeah, they're not very big, but they're there and they're in 2D, and it's kind of neat. Sweet. But yeah, huge, huge turn-based RPG binge right now, and I'll probably hate them by the time I'm done with this because I'll played them too much. Yeah, I yeah, you got to space that out. I know, I've been on a big Pokemon itch, and I'm like fighting the urge to buy Sword, <laughs> but I know I'm gonna hate See, that game. You know, for all for all we insult Pokemon for, you know, like I Pokemon is like junk food to me. Like I I will play it no matter how bad it is, and I enjoy them. I wish if they were difficult at all, I think I could enjoy them. Uh, Pokemon Yellow has taught me that, and I enjoyed my Nuzlocke of Emerald, but like just stomping through you it on You just do a Nuzlocke first, first. Yeah, I could. The problem yeah. with the Nuzlocke is you don't get to do any of the interesting team building stuff, though, or at least not nearly as much. Yeah, you know, like when it comes out, like a Pokemon Gen, I always have fun like catching and experimenting with like my team and stuff like that. Yeah. So that Nuzlocke makes that not doable yeah anyway i i don't know i might visit some rom hacks and stuff i heard of a rom hack called radical red that like it adds all the pokemon to gen want to fire red basically and like if you, yeah, you won't fun. get past the fourth gym without ev training all the all the npcs are smart enough to swap out their pokemon if you have a type advantage stuff like that excuse me stuff like that god could you imagine like if game freak actually like tried yeah i mean that's harder than i'm even asking for but yeah if pokemon yeah game freak actually tried pokemon could be insane and i was looking at it because like monster sanctuary is probably going to sell okay and it's on game pass too and tim tim sold okay but yeah nobody can make a pokemon competitor because there's so much excellence in the space and honestly nintendo's insane for stopping this in my opinion this is this is a huge tangent but 
there's so much excellence in the ROM hacking community of Pokemon that I do not think anyone could reasonably make a Pokemon clone and get off the ground because there's no way they could have the number of monsters that these ROM hacks have. There's no way they could have like the ingrained like mechanical knowledge that every kid has going into them. Yeah. Like it's impossible. All these free ROM hacks have made it impossible for an indie company to come in and actually compete in this space. I think. I I mean, I guess the only kind of uh, roadblock there is accessibility. Like it's not everyone knows how to, you know, play right, a ROM but every, hack. But you can look at indie games as well as having <clears throat> an accessibility problem because just finding out about them is difficult, you know? Yeah. True, yeah. Double and I feel like the overlap between people that would play an indie Pokemon game and people that would play a ROM hack is very large. Like, that Venn diagram is not quite a circle. Yeah. Especially with how easy RetroArch is to use now and stuff. Emulation's gotten easier and easier. Yeah. It has. It's a problem. Well, emulation is not a problem. It's it's a problem for developers wanting to get into that space. Yeah. Because so many talented people are willing to do it for free. Yeah. All right. If you're done with your rant, Connor. I am. Mike? I don't have a game other than the same old, same old. I've been playing a little bit of Mankind Divided, a little bit of League. The big game of this week is Cyberpunk, and that's uh, yeah, 30 minutes that's, from now. That's less than an hour, yeah. It, that's, that's, that's very exciting. Let me check the Steam banner real quick. Should be 32, right? 32, yeah, 31, 15. Mm, right. Something all right. Like so, Mike, you've, you've got to tell us all about Cyberpunk next week because I'm oh. probably not going to play it until the next-gen version comes out, but I'm it's, I'm I'm pretty excited to play this game. It's all I'm going to be thinking about during Extra Life, honestly. <laughs> like, in the back of my mind, I'm <laughs> playing spy, Cyberpunk right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's in two days, Which, isn't it? Which, you know, actually, yeah. that's a perfect time to shout-out... Well, you know, by the time this goes live, Extra Life will be over, so never mind. Yeah, thank you yeah. for your donations. It was yeah. a great time. We I had can't fun. believe we made a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, yep. we've already dated this before Extra Life, so I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Bill <laughs> Gates, Bill Gates himself dropped some serious stacks on us. Yeah. Jeff, I, I heard Jeff Bezos gave me like a billion dollars. It was amazing. Yeah. And weirdly enough... Yeah, he, weirdly enough, he specified that we couldn't use it for charity. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he gave us a billion dollars in gift cards for Amazon Web Services. Weird, <laughs> weirdest thing. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll round it out. I've been playing uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. So I have not... I You guys know I, I've been involved with Destiny for a long time now. I haven't played Destiny in a long time. Uh, but I have jumped back in because the PS5 version of Destiny is out, and I've started the new expansion, and I'm having a good time. But the thing that really sort of impresses me right now is just how good the next-gen version is. It's essentially like playing it on PC because it has an adjustable FOV, it's it's running at 4K60, and then Crucible mode, which is, you know, PvP, it switches to 120 if you, if your display supports that. So the game runs buttery smooth now, and it's it's really funny because I booted up Destiny 2 on PS4 just for comparison afterwards. 
playing Destiny 2 on PS4, I don't know how I did it. It's literally like <laughs> a slideshow at 30 FPS. Oh man, and it's I, already happening to you. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I've already yeah, I've already become a frame rate elitist, I guess. Based but, yeah, on frame like, rate pilled. Yeah, it's it's insane. It, it it really was shocking to me, honestly. Like, cause like all the time you hear PC players saying, you know, like frame rate is king, and obviously I believe that, but like actually experiencing it, like it feels so sluggish now at thirty. And I'd put I've put like a thousand plus hours into Destiny at thirty, you know, yeah. and I can't imagine how I did that now. It just it feels incredible to play, cause you know you know firsthand now, Connor, like how solid Bungie is at first person shooter gameplay. Oh yeah, they're they're quite good. I've I've played Destiny too. I like that game. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. But, I'm yeah, excited. I'm yeah. probably gonna get into it sometime 2021 because they're adding crossplay, and the moment I yeah, can yeah. actually they're play adding it cross play, with friends, which is super exciting. There's yeah, crossplay, the moment... cross progression. Um, but yeah, just experiencing that trademark Bungie gameplay at a buttery smooth 60 or 120 is just so good. Mm-hmm. So that's all I really had to say about it. I'm I'm still too early in the expansion to really comment about the specifics, but it's really cool that we're getting a new like elemental type added into the game. I don't know how closely you follow the lore of Destiny Connor, but like instead of you know how we the guardians get their power from the light and the traveler. Well, yeah. now we're starting to get power from the darkness. So like the so the the new ability class that got added to the game is stasis and it's all about like freezing things. It's very interesting. Hmm. So Looking forward to playing more of that. Really enjoying the uh, the things that PC play for like a decade now, but you know, better late than never. We've had 60 FPS for more than a decade. Yeah, it's been a long time. We've been playing yeah, games at 60 FPS since like the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. Something yeah, it's like been that. kind of shocking how it took consoles this long to catch up to that specific thing. Yeah, I I really don't understand why anyone values resolution over frame rate. I will never... I mean, maybe once you get past 60 FPS, like, the choice between 144 hertz, 1080, or 1440 versus 60 FPS, 4K, that's an actual choice you have to make. But if your choice is between literally any resolution at 30 and a lower resolution at 60, you take 60. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, just take 60. I don't yeah, care like, that I'm at 1080 because I get 60 frames per second. Uh, yeah, I'd and rather sometimes be playing, I go 144. Yeah, like, I'd rather be playing my games at like 480p in 60 frames per second. Yeah, it's, it's it's a, it's a weird argument because like, yeah, the game looks better, but like completely still. And when are you ever standing completely still in a video game? You yeah. want that buttery smooth. Now there is an argument for like turn-based games. I don't really care. Like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I, I am playing. Uh, I mean, Quest, okay. What's what's I'm the last like? 60. What's the but, last like graphically seriously impressive turn-based game you've really ever like previously Dragon played? Eleven. Eh, um, but like that that you, you know what I mean. Like that's not performance intensive. Like that game ran on a Switch and virtually looked the same. I mean, to run it at 4K, I'm not getting quite 60. I don't think. Okay. Hmm. may just be a you know maybe the port i don't know i might be getting 60 i haven't like frame checked it but i uh i'm used to 144 so it looks less than what i'm used to yeah but yeah it doesn't run I mean, bad yeah. for sure but like i'm i'm excited for the eventual future now that you know pandora's box has been open like maybe when a ps5 pro comes out like you know uh 120 becomes the standard rather than 60 that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I mean, 144 yeah, is that, already the competitive standard. 120 won't be the standard, though. Not not enough people have a TV that can do that. I don't think developers will ever target not it. Yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, they, not, yeah, like, not ever. They won't do it right now. I think 144 is, I think, the future. It is the standard for competitive gaming right now. On yeah, PC. I was going to say 144 for a gaming monitor. Is yeah, any, I mean, like, anything yeah. above that, is that even noticeable? Like, I, I've... Uh, barely little, I think. I, people play it, too. Yeah, maybe... Feet. Like, Unless you're like a super like attuned like esports player, maybe not to the layman. There have been there have been like empirical studies on like esports players and frame rate to performance and 144 is that sweet yeah. spot where it doesn't matter post uh-huh. that. Yeah. But before that, if you're yeah. playing at like 30 <laughs> FPS, your performance is suffering. You could be the best player yeah, in the so game, that's... but you're still getting information before after other people the... already have it. That's sort of an interesting concept. Like, what if, like, once we hit, like, once games can hit comfortably, like, 144 on, like, PC and, like, PlayStation 6 or whatever, maybe then we start turning our attention more towards, like, resolution again, you know, like. Yeah, maybe, I wish that was what how I, it would I, be. I wish we would yeah. focus on frame rate before resolution. What I'm getting at is that maybe there's, like, a higher limit, and then after that, frame rate won't get upped anymore, like, ever. Like, yeah. obviously, on PC, you can up it as much as you want by tweaking. But, like, maybe once we hit that 144 standard, like, you know, PlayStation 10 and, like, Xbox, whatever they decide to call it, will also just cap out on 144 because that's – after that, diminishing returns. Yeah. All right. You know what well, I don't I think understand? This, uh, yeah. this is kind of tangential, but a lot of filmmakers hate anything higher than 24 frames per second, and I don't understand yeah, I, that. I, I get I that don't... they don't like interpolation, because that's not necessarily their vision. I mean, I think I think largely the argument yeah, is douchey. I, it's, it's a lot of people like Christopher Nolan making the argument, but Mr., but you that, know. That's the thing. I've heard that a lot from, like, filmmakers, so I don't know. Maybe it's something I don't understand by, about how a film can look. I don't pretend to be an expert in that. I, field, I think but, they're just kind of snobs about the cinematic experience being how it's always maybe. been. Because yeah. I know, like Christopher Nolan's throwing a tantrum right now because his movies are going to be on HBO Max. I think. Um, what? Uh, who was it? Uh, Peter Jackson, when he did the Hobbit movies, he decided to film those at sixty frames per second, and that was a very new and controversial decision, right? Yeah, you guys but remember I just that. Like, any content I'm watching, I want to watch at the highest frame rate possible. Like, I don't understand yeah. why I wouldn't want that. I mean, but yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. Like, I'm going to be perfectly honest. It doesn't bother me at all for movies. For games, absolutely, but not movies. It doesn't bother me for movies, but if I have a 60 FPS option on a YouTube video, I'm clicking it. Like, regardless yeah. of whether it's gaming or not, it just looks smoother. Right? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I don't notice when I'm like kicking back watching a movie. And then there are like movies like Spider Verse that like have fun with their frame rate, and that's obviously like yeah, keep doing that. That was amazing. God, I still I still gotta watch Spider Verse. I gotta watch uh, Spider Verse. You have to. It's yeah, it's amazing. You gotta watch totally. It soon. Yeah, uh, more coming. Uh, out another tangent. But did you guys hear about what they're doing with uh, Spider Man Three proper? Yeah, yeah. That movie is gonna be absolutely wild, and maybe not in a good way. Yeah, I know. Who knows with Sony? It could be. <laughs> I don't even know what they're doing. Back. But they, 
Is it is it an back, MCU like, movie? Because Doctor Strange is in it, right? They're bringing yeah they're 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 bringing back like yeah it's an MCU movie, but they're also bringing back all the previous Spider Man like Tobey Maguire and Andrew oh, Garfield. Oh, that's like, like the power. It's like the the Power Rangers reunion special. And the, the Andrew Garfield um <laughs> Electro is going to be in it with a uh, Jamie Fox, I think was his name. And they're they're bringing back Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. I know. Well, which oh, is, didn't Alfred he like Molina? Didn't he like die or get sucked into something at the end of Spider Man Two? Oh, he's totally dead. I think, yeah. like in in terms of like Spider Man lore, but like apparently anything can happen now. So yeah, I, I it seems don't... that way. Maybe there's time travel involved. Yeah, I I hope they do it well. I'm kind of iffy on that idea, but this oh, is I not. Oh, I love it. I hope it gets Marvel stupid. I hope it gets comic book stupid. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. I think I think this has gone off the rails long enough. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to do it for us this week. You can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use, as well as YouTube. Uh, please click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and chat with us there. And lastly, thank you, Connor and Mike. Yep, no problem, yeah. Ahmed. And leave us comments telling us how much you hate our Game of the Year pick. <laughs> yep, I'm sure. Uh, sure, someone hates everything we said today. Yeah, and yeah. I want to hear about it. I want to yeah. argue with you in the comments. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next time. See ya.